We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, a proud partner of the Eurostep Podcast Network and a proud member of the Blue Wire family. I am your host, Numac, uh, and joining me today to talk about a short week football game, Packers play on Thursday this week, is uh, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Hello, doing well. Packers play Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Does not have the same Thursday. ring. Does not have the same ring to it as Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, matchup against the Tennessee Titans this week. Six, the six and three Tennessee Titans at Lambeau Field. Back-to-back home games should be nice to the Packers, having to not travel on a short week like that. But uh, before we get into all that, we've got some honors to hand out. Some cheeses, per se. Big, big week for the cheeses coming off of... Uh, the 31-28 overtime win over the Dallas Cowboys. And before we even get to the cheeses, I just want to make sure you all are aware that there is real footage out there of Skip Bayless yelling into his phone about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm not one to promote anything Skip Bayless, but I like seeing his meltdowns, and they're very funny. And quick reminder for all of you getting mad at Skip Bayless, he follows nobody on Twitter. He follows nobody on Twitter, and he just yells into the void. So anytime you want to engage with him, just don't. Just laugh at his meltdowns. Con- what does that look like? 
it's his wa- tweets? It, I'm, I'd imagine it's just it's, his tweets, It's just right? his tweets it's... or, like, suggested tweets that he should, like, engage with. Like, for the being the biggest hater in the world of LeBron James, do you think he'd follow Bron and have, like, tweet alerts on for him? Nope, he doesn't follow anybody. Um, but then, con- conversely, there's a Shannon Sharp video out there of uh, him pouring some of his, I think his own brandy or his own cognac, uh, roasting Jerry Jones's Cowboys and and uh, get Bayless, and that's just great content for uh, all of us Cowboy haters out there. So just go check that out if you want a little laugh. But getting into the cheese board, lots of names on the cheese board this week, and we absolutely love to see it. Kicking it off this week is Christian Watson. Obviously, obviously, given his uh his standout game and his coming out party per se. Four catches, 107 yards, three touchdowns. He earns himself two cheeses. Next on the list, Aaron Jones also had a pretty standout game. 24 carries, 138 yards for a rushing touchdown, and then he had two catches for 18 yards through the through the air, quote unquote. I think one of those was like a touch pass, but regardless, another great day for Aaron Jones. Just extra credit for the touchdown celebration. That's right. That's right. Um, so two for Aaron Jones, his second two cheeser of the year. I think his first one was against the Bears. Bears. So, um, doing well that way. Another two cheeses. By the way, these are Pepper Jacks. Pepper Jacks for them. I forgot to mention that. One being Munster, two being Pepper Jacks, three being the Sharp Cheddars. All three of these players became so close to getting that Sharp Cheddar. So close. I think we're going to have one out this year. I I really do believe that. Uh, The third and final um, piece of Pepper Jack goes to Rudy Ford. Two interceptions plus just some nice hustle tackling. And if you anytime you get two interceptions to swing the game like his did, you absolutely earn yourself a nice spicy soft cheese like a pepper jack. Moving down to the slices of Munster, put it on maybe a nice piece of uh toasted up sourdough with some ham, maybe a little little th- thinly sliced turkey. Uh first one, bouncing back from his stinky Lindberger the week before. Aaron Rodgers. He did what he was supposed to. He was efficient in his work. 14 of 20 for three touchdowns and 224 yards. He had the fumble, but I think that that will happen. Like, I'm not going to knock him a cheese for his performance because he got the ball punched out trying to escape a sack. But either which way, good for Rodgers to get back in the positive on the uh, on the cheeses. Next up are two O-linemen, each earned themselves a cheese. David Bakhtiari and John Runyon. Uh, both of them had 100% grades on um, PFF for their uh, pass blocking. It, neither one of them let, let up any pressures or QB hits or anything like that. So really great to see that from, from those two guys. and had some pretty good um, grades in the run game as well. And plus, if you're letting Aaron Jones go for 100, and, 100 plus yards, you got to be blocking somewhat well, right? Dylan, too, I think, what, he hit, like, 71? 65. 65? That's yeah, so between soft. 203 yards of rushing between the two of them, you're doing pretty well run blocking, I'd say. So, yeah, all in all, six players earning cheeses this week. Really great performance by uh by everybody this week. I was very happy to see that win. So, the cheese board after 10 games, uh, pulling away. With the with the lead is Aaron Jones with eight cheeses. Rashawn Gary still sadly with four. Uh Devondre Campbell at three. Jair Alexander with three. Preston Smith, Romeo Dobbs, and Rudy Ford now at three. Um with two, Aaron Rodgers, AJ Dillon, 
Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari, John Runyon, Kenny Clark, Keyshawn Nixon, Pat O'Donnell. As we pause quickly, Pat O'Donnell got the two cheeses he got <laughs> the first week and hasn't had any sense. Mostly because I think he hasn't had too many opportunities to really stand out in that facet. Um, Razul Douglas with two, Quay Walker with two. Christian Watson uh, earning his first cheeses of the year. He's got two. Al Lazard, one. Uh, the rest of these players have one. Al Lazard, Eric Stokes, Darnell Savage, Jaron Reed, Mason Crosby, Randall Cobb, Robert Tunyon, Sammy Watkins, and Zach Tom. So, pretty nice uh, cheese board. This week's edition of the cheese board is almost like a charcuterie board. There's so many cheeses in there. Mm-hmm. It's see. undisputed. Much like Scipio's <laughs> undisputed. I've been sitting on that joke for seven minutes. <laughs> Ever since I started it, yeah, there's a joke here. <laughs> there, there, there was a joke there, and you, and you hit it out of the ballpark. Uh, Glowless and the cruising for a bruising. Good episode this week. Um, so let's dive in to sort of Packers news, general stuff before we get into um the preview of the Titans game. Jordan's on the YouTube. We're, we're rubbing our hands together. Birdman gif. Birdman. Amari <laughs> <laughs> Rogers. As nice as he is, and I feel bad making like light of it because of it, but he was cut along with Kylan Hill uh, today, Tuesday. Um, long time coming, unfortunately. Um, I think I saw it somewhere where Amari Rodgers had like one less fumble than he did career catches, which is a tough stat to have. Oh, so um, he was cut. He's no longer of use in Green Bay, as we kind of been, everyone had been clamoring for, unfortunately. Um, I did see the, like, post-game, not post-game, the locker room interviews with, like, all the wide receiver, uh, wide receivers talking about Mark Rogers, and it seems like they all just understood that he was going to go because of his performance. Like, they said that Amari Rogers sent them, uh, like a voice recording and a text and was like appreciative of everything that they helped them with and being great teammates. And it seemed like they all really liked them, but they all understood that it's a production based business. That was like the, the, the phrase they used throughout. And I think they all understood that. Yeah. If you can't hang on to the ball and you're forcing or causing turnovers, losing them games, you just can't stick around for that long. That was Randall Cobb's quote in a nutshell, especially with, his connection with the Murray Rogers. Yeah. Um, Sammy Watkins said it too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think there's any. It's weird. I think social media certainly distorts how things are felt. Right. Um, we've talked about Murray Rogers and his place within the team a lot. <laughs> and you don't like putting a spotlight on someone who's struggling as much as he had been um, pretty much his whole Packer center. Uh, that's that pretty much summed it up, honestly. Um, but again, as I said the other night, he was trotted out there way too long. Yeah. They knew this was a problem. This yep. is a problem from the moment. I mean, this is a, a problem even last year. And they just invested in his draft pick. He was a third-round pick. There was potential. He was a very productive player at Clemson. Um, So, yeah, you don't want to cut bait on someone that you think could be part of your future plans. But 
given the way this year has gone, your wide receiver core has faced numerous injuries, even with the guys that you drafted since then and have, that have leapfrogged over Amari Rodgers. He had no role in the offense, even when it's, you know, bare. Um, the writing was on, on the wall for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they gave him every chance to, to at least, like, just be on the field. And, yes, is putting him out on punts and kick returns the best use of him? No, no. that was clearly not the case. <laughs> but they tried and tried and tried. And I think I, – I don't think that's mal- – I think it's – I don't want to say malpractice because that's a very strong word, mm-hmm. but it it at, by Sunday night and he's fumbling again. And it was like, what did you expect to, you know, as we said, like the, the definition of insanity, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, thinking different results are going to occur. Right. And yeah, it was just, it was just time. It was well past time. If you're not, if you're struggling this much and you're not, if he, you're not even putting him in on offense when you have like three healthy wide receivers. Right. Um, some weeks like the, know, that sucks. Yeah. The, like the moments that he had on offense were like good. He was making like somewhat good, like progress, but he wasn't doing it. Um, like either well enough in practice to get those like heightened opportunities or if it was just crowded enough through the years that he wasn't able to showcase them, et cetera. But I think he has a place in the NFL as a receiver for a bad team to get his game right. I just he can't be put on punt returns. Like I would be surprised if like a bad I'm trying to think of like the worst team, like the Texans or the um Jaguars. The Jaguars. They're not doing half bad, but just like the bad teams, the Lions, like if they want to add another dynamic player to their offense, really picked him up and was like, Hey, let's let's work on you a little bit. Let's just like get your receiving skills up to snuff and then see where if you can be a focused part of our offense and never let you touch the ball on a punt return um i think you said it's not malpractice i would agree but i don't think the coaching staff put him in the best position to succeed no and that's part of the general managers and the coaches like job is to build a team that looks good and try to find solutions to problems when they persist and amari rogers amari rogers at the punt returner position was a problem that persisted and them not taking him off of it sooner to showcase his use elsewhere, even just to like trade him at the deadline or at the deadline, the like cut day or something like that, just to give him an opportunity. I think wasn't the best move by the Packers, but if they needed somebody to do it and there was, he was their only option. I can't fault them for Sticking with it for so long and hoping that he'd figure it out and hoping that he'd figure it out. I think they just hoped for too long. Yes. So, absolutely. Um, the other person cut was uh, Kylan Hill. And one of the weirder, like, I guess, quotes from Matt LaFleur um, on Kylan Hill's surprise cut because he had just come back from his ACL surgery and did, like, one rush against the Lions, and then they didn't see him at all last week. Um, but he was cut, and Rob Dubosky, uh reports from the press conference. This is a tweet, a few of them actually, or no, just uh, just two. Um, Packers coach Matt Lafleur said the decision to release running back Kylan Hill was less about performance. "Quote: I realize he is in a loaded room, but regardless of your role, no matter how big or small, we expect guys to come in, come to work, and be supportive." 
um, following up. Conversely, Amari Rogers' release was about was obviously about fumbles. From a work standpoint, Lafleur said Amari did everything they asked, but maybe a fresh start somewhere else would be best. So kind of what we had said, but on the top of Kylan Hill, <laughs> that quote is something else, Jordan. <laughs> loaded. It is loaded <laughs> with whatever it is. And again, seventh rounder. They stuck with him when he again tore his ACL. Um, easily could have cut bait with him, but again, they mm-hmm. saw something in him that they felt like whether special teams or maybe getting the occasional carry in the backfield behind Jones and Dylan and even Patrick Taylor kind of being in and out of there. Right. Um yeah, weird timing, but when a coach goes that far publicly an nfl coach too but then that lefleur doesn't just say things to say things right he definitely is precise in his comments to the media absolutely um Um, go ahead yeah (laughs) that is that is pretty damning uh maybe it has something to do with uh kylan hill's tweet after the game on on sunday uh Kylan Hill tweeted uh, 7.53 p.m. Sunday night. <laughs> this was probably some issue with it. This is like 50 minutes after the win. Yeah. Just, just three periods. Just three periods. That's all. Well, I'm guessing he wasn't too thrilled that he didn't get any touches the week after the Lions game when he made his return. He was active too, right? I think he was. Okay. So, like... Uh, maybe he's upset that he didn't get more look, but I don't know where they would have given him more look. Like Jones and Dylan were playing pretty damn well to not deserve to be taken out for Kylan Hill. What you, yeah, what? But I'm <laughs> guessing that he was frustrated, and then it, that probably boiled over into a Monday practice, and that's probably what led him getting cut. If I'm putting my reporter cap on, <laughs> my yeah. speculation cap on. So same thing with him. We'll see if he uh, gets picked up somewhere else. He's got flashes of talent, but other than that, he's not a Packer no more. Nope. But um, sorry, go ahead. General thing too. So two two players that were drafted in 2021: Andy Herman, fellow Blue Wire uh, teammate, <laughs> um, Pack a Day podcast. Please listen to it um, for all your Packers. Po- After listening to this Packers, listen to. <laughs> I'm great at promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a very illustrative tweet that I did not think about. Um, and this is only what year and a half after the draft. Uh, I let's think, go through their draft class. Eric you Stokes I, yeah, it's bad. Struggle minorly. This is per Andy Herman. This is his thoughts. And I agree with most of them. Eric Stokes struggle mightily and on IR. Josh Myers fine. Didn't take a step. My Rogers cut. Royce Newman benched. TJ Slayton has to take a step. Uh, Shamir uh, or Shamar John Charles uh, injured slash backup. Cole Van Lannen traded. Isaiah McDuffie solid backup linebacker getting the reps right now. Um, Kylan Hill cut. That is not great. A bad year of drafting. That is like Ted Thompson, like late. In there, where it's like, oh, these guys aren't even panning out from the mo- like the jump, right? But to be fair, I think a, like a few of those are, um, like they take a look like a grain of salt, right? 
like there's always sophomore slumps that come with these things. Like Eric Stokes did well last year. And like obviously Andy Herman's tweet is just for this year. I think if you yes. take that tweet from last year, it looks oh, a lot yeah. it looks a lot different. But I think that's a while correct, a very negative view of that class despite um it looking like it being good last year, it looks pretty bad this year because of injuries and just not progressing. Like Eric Stokes has had a has had a bad year. That's without yes. uh without question. But he did well last year and if he's just if he may, if he takes another step next year, then we don't think about it at all. He's just had a tough sophomore year and got put on IR. Same thing with Myers and same thing with um Royce Newman. Like they're they're rookies last year and they filled in fine. That's like a you have Adam Stenovich coaching your your uh, offensive line. You're going to have linemen over, um, I guess, excelling at their positions. And now that the old line has taken a step back this year because Stenovich isn't in that room, I think that's just those rookies or sophomores showing their age, right? Like, yes. I would be a, I'd bet that if Adam Stenovich was still coaching that offensive line, they'd take a better step than they have. But then, yeah, like McDuffie's been fine. We're still, we still get to see for uh, Shamar, John Charles, and TJ Slayton. So it's definitely tough. The the worst one for me, and I'll let you, if you have something to say, you can go ahead and say it. I think you did. No, you go, you go. Okay. Zach Cruz had a tweet um, from today as well saying the Packers traded up for Oren, for Oren Burks and Amari Rogers. So they spent. Four third round picks, a fourth and a fifth on Oren Burks, Amari Rogers, Jace Sternberger, and Josiah Deguara between 2018 and 2021. Like, that's bad. Like and love. Well, right, but that's just yeah trading yeah. up for Oren Burks and Amari Rogers. Yeah. Like missing out on four third round picks is pretty big for a for one serviceable tight end and Josiah Deguara right now. Otherwise, the other three. And I don't think team. we would have been saying that three weeks ago. No, God, no. So, so that's where that's where it's kind of where I mean, this whole season has been a complete mess. Yeah. Um, and talking about being split into different windows of competing for the present, but trying to reload and sustain something. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of stuff that like. It's not great that two of the your seven draft picks from last year are already cut. Yeah. And one traded, right? So one traded, so three. Yeah. Royce Newman benched. I and mean, we really haven't seen him since he got benched. That's yeah. where it's like that can that's stuff that can contribute to where we are right now, where it's like who where where is how do you evaluate the talent on this roster? when it's struggling as, as much as it is. And then you kind of look at like, Oh, the, the little pieces that, you know, add up and just like where it is right now. Granted this all, this is a very, I think it's a very objective way of looking at it. Even after they finally win a freaking game. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, it is, it is those things of just like, it's not just about, the offense failing, Aaron Rodgers struggling, not right. having Devontae, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> the, the same stuff over and over again. When you look at big picture things, which is really hard to do with 
Adam and I can do this so many times talking about the Bucks 15 man roster. Right. Plus two ways. Right. Um, you could even, I mean, it's kind of easier with baseball because the positions are very specialized too. When it's football, it's like, <laughs> it just very, it's such a, everything is so nuanced, but I feel like with football specifically, it is the least nuanced sport to discuss because everybody's like, if you're 10 and six and you're going to the playoffs, that's great. Right. You know, it's just, I don't know. It's a very different way of looking at things, but like in terms of the roster, roster building and over the bird's eye view of everything that is, it is, it's kind of start to see that happen so quickly. Um, and just kind of shows you just, you know, as great as Eric. So, and I totally agree with you. Eric Stokes was great last year. Progress is not linear. Right. Just because you have a good working year, especially in the NFL. Um, everything is so situation dependent too. And we, again, as I was saying, like for all the information that we can get in football, it's the only scratches the surface of like actually understanding. And I speak for myself on this, actually understanding what the teams are calling and what you're seeing on the field and you're making your own assumptions, but that might not be the assumption of the team that's making it too. Right. I think it's, there's, there's levels to this, right? There's like the eye test in football can go a long way and just like recognizing that what winning football likes and looks like and what a positive play should look like. Like we can tell watching a quarterback throw the ball, what's a good throw, what's a bad throw. And for the most part, you'd probably be right most of the time. But then if you get into like receivers routes and like did the receiver cut the wrong way and that's why... Did he cut in, not out, and that's why the ball sailed out of bounds towards nobody. Like that, you kind of like recognize too. Like, oh, the receiver went the wrong way. That's why the ball there. But if it's a low throw with a high throw, that's on the the quarterback. Same thing with like linemen. If a lineman gets blown up, then it's probably not a net positive play. <laughs> but you can like either go super broad shook with with like football analysis like that, or you can get like very fine analysis too and sort of what defensive schemes they're running, what uh, what way a lineman is supposed to pull on a on a like a How halfback come pitch Rogers or something like that. Lazard wide open in the middle of the field on this play. <laughs> that, right. But then it's true. It's it's exactly. so everything about football, we you can hear podcasts or the day after the Super Bowl uh, talking about if it's a close game, you're talking about the, the play that decides it. Right. And then it's like that again, everything about football is just so crazy where it's like it's distilled down to these very specific actions yep. or inactions. Yeah. And some and, of it too is like even receiver breaks. Like yes. on Watson's second touchdown, he, like we talked about on Sunday, it was a three man bunch on the outside. And I think Roger said that um, Watson went for an inside break rather than an outside break. And like, that positioning of where he had his receiver on his hip mattered a lot when he put his foot in the ground and went towards the middle of the field and broke away from him. Like it, yep. <laughs> like those little things matter. Mm-hmm. But it's not given the time of day that it should be. And likewise, the big stuff too. It's such a hard sport to real in totality to kind of evaluate and see the chain reaction of all these things. All oh, right. Unless if it's like, I don't know. 
there's uh, there are a lot of good people that talk about football. Yeah, I not being one of them, but uh, <laughs> like, it's, like just a, it's just a different kind of way of looking at things that is still kind of new, I guess. Right. Absolutely. Should we talk about who replaced? Who is probably going to replace Amari Rogers uh, yes. in other part returns? Well, first and foremost, that might be Keyshawn Nixon if they stick with that. But they signed uh, former Jaguars, I believe, wide receiver D.D. Westbrook to their practice squad, which I think they'll probably elevate him since, um, I guess they probably they might. With Randall Cobb coming off of IR, I'd be curious to see what their plan is for the coming weeks with that. But D.D. Westbrook, one of the more prolific um, punt returners in the game since he's been in the league. Um, this is from Matt Schneiderman of The Athletic. Among the 52 players with at least 35 punt returns since the start of the 2017 season, New Packers practice squad by receiver D.D. Westbrook is one of 12 players with both a return TD and 9 yards per, per return. Or specifically, 9.33. So, better than <laughs> most, and clearly explosive. I think it's just better to have a proven receiver back there. I should say proven receiver. A proven punt returner back there in D.D. Westbrook, who's done it so much, versus just keeping with Amari back there. I'm a, I'm a fan of the signing, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they needed the absolute opposite of what they were trotting out there. Um, some proven veteran. It's just a matter of just doing the job. Um, and even someone that, again, could help if they need need someone on the field um, as a wide receiver. He yep. has shown it. He's, I mean, if you look at his numbers in Jacksonville, it's pretty good. Um, then again, his quarterback was Blake Bortles, and, you know, you just – goes to show how much time has changed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, former Packers quarterback, Blake Bortles, mind you. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I am pleased and we'll see if they elevate him. I mean, they obviously still have a roster spot open even after elevating or activating Cobb from my heart, but uh-huh. it's still a quick turnaround that you don't know. I don't think there's official word that he's playing yet. Yeah, I, don't, I would doubt it. Yeah. Well, for, I guess for Cobb, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. he... I think he might. I don't know. If, I would, I don't, they haven't said I for sure. I think so, too. They haven't yeah. said for sure, but I think he might. Yeah. I, my brain was at for D.D. Westbrook for some reason. Since yeah. I shouldn't say for some reason, it's because I'm looking at his stats. Um, Going back to 2017, which was his first year in the league, he had uh, 69 punts returned. Or 650 yards, and obviously the one touchdown. Um, but more, I guess, what we want to focus on, because that's what at the height of our focus with Omar Rogers, in the five years that he's been um, returning kicks, he had eight total fumbles. So one is rookie year, three his second year, one, one, two. Two last year with the uh, Minnesota Vikings. And not like an insignificant amount of games played either. Seven his first year, uh, sixteen his second year, fifteen two probably an injury, and then fifteen again. So he has the volume back there. But then 
obviously, Amari Rodgers had seven fumbles in two years. <laughs> with only eight career catches, which is a tough, tough stat. So, yeah. yeah, and it's not like he doesn't have experience receiving either. He's got nine total career touchdowns. Um, his best year was with um, the the Jaguars in 2019. I said 20... I mean, they're, they're kind of the same. He had two good years in Jacksonville. In 2018, he had um, 66 catches for 717 yards and five touchdowns. In 2019, he had the same amount of targets and receptions, which is crazy, um, for 660 yards and three touchdowns. So, like, an average wide receiver, like, three, two, three-level quarterback. Then only played the two year the two games last year at Jacksonville and then played fifteen with Minnesota last year for ten catches and sixty eight yards. So hopefully they can hold on to him and maybe he turns into that former receiver he was in Jacksonville. But I'd be surprised if they work him into the um into the receiving into the receiving group right away. Yeah, same. Definitely same. Yeah. Should we finally talk about the Titans game this week? <laughs> Tennessee, yes. Uh, injury reports are long again, <laughs> which is, I shouldn't say like unexpected, but uh, not necessarily good news either. So we'll go through the um the full ones for each team. The Packers. Uh, this is for Tuesday participation. Since they have the short game, they have Monday and Tuesday. So this is just for Tuesday. Uh, the full participants in practice were Chris Barnes coming off of his concussion, so hopefully he's ready to go this week if he's full participating. Um, Mason Cross with his back injury, it seems like he's okay. They had Ramiz Ahmed do uh, kickoffs this week, which is... Yes, we've even talked about that. That was kind yeah. of interesting. So it, it's not, I won't say it's like too interesting, for the sole purpose of, I feel like you see a lot now that more punters do, like punters or different kickers do that in the NFL. Like, it's usually like a punter now. We'll do it, but maybe that's college. But I feel like I've seen enough punters do kickoffs now versus like old, like Robbie Gould doing kickoffs or something like that. Yeah. But I don't like wasting a roster spot on a kicker. So hopefully that Mason Crosby, like a, a backup kicker, so hopefully Mason Crosby's healthy enough to where they can go out and just not have. Ramiz Ahmed on the active roster. Yeah. Um, the other full participants were Christian Watson and Devontae Wyatt. Uh, Christian Watson had an ankle. He was limited on Monday. Full participant on uh, Tuesday. Devontae Wyatt had a foot injury. Limited on Monday. Full participant on Tuesday. Um, our limiteds this week. Preston Smith with a shoulder groin injury. He was limited also on Monday. Um, John Runyon. Aaron Rodgers, he he was a DNP on Monday with his thumb, which is vet rest probably. Uh, limited. Keyshawn Nixon, Alan Lazard, Aaron Jones, uh, Kingsley Anagbare, and Roswell Douglas. And I think that was it for limiteds. Yeah, so I expect all of them to play unless something crops up, which not going to win, it doesn't. Um, did not participate. I think this is more of a workload issue for David Bakhtiari than it is an injury issue, we hope. But he was a DMP both Monday and Tuesday. Probably not a good idea to practice him fully ahead of a Thursday game. Uh, Devondre Campbell, also DMP for both days. Hopefully he's getting back to, to playing. I would assume if he's not back this week, he'd be back next week. 
um, against the Eagles, but it's hard to track that with his knee injury. Uh, Romeo Dobbs, they haven't put him on IR, which is interesting, so I, they would anticipate him being back closer to the four-week mark than five or six. Yeah. I think we're on week, I guess, one and a half of him being injured. So, um, Looks like Elton Jenkins did not participate in practice. Probably the same thing as Bakhtiari, I'd hope. Um, Shemar John Charles didn't practice, and that is it for the DMPs. So, very long for the... Uh, for the Packers, with hopefully not too many people sitting out. Obviously, Dobbs will probably be out. I would bet money Devondre Campbell probably doesn't play. Um, and then we'll see about Shamar John Charles because he didn't play this past week either. So, here's to hoping it can be a a more active roster than what this injury report shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then for the Titans, we'll go through some of their their big names. Um. Ryan Tannehill back playing for them. Uh, I think he started last week. Yes, he did. Um, over Malik Willis. Titans fans, I think, were on the edge for it a little bit. <laughs> Knowing Tannehill. Uh, Kevin Strong, their defensive lineman, full participant. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons uh, was a DMP and is up to limited. He has had a nagging ankle injury, according to the, the Twitter machine and what I've seen. I guess he sat out last week. Um, and he feels a lot better, according to himself, <laughs> from the interview I saw with him in the press conference, or in the at his locker. So he's a pretty big deal for them on the uh, defensive line. So if he could be out, and respectfully, that'd be great. We don't want anybody injured, but if you're a force on the inside, I don't want you coming at my quarterback. <laughs> um, Derek Henry participated. He was uh, had a head bat rest, but he's on the on the uh, injury report, uh, they put Caleb Farley, their cornerback, on IR, so they'll be down a cornerback, uh, which is, I'm not going to say good, but you, get, you understand the point as it pertains to our receivers. Uh, Amani Hooker was limited in uh, participation. He was uh, their safety. I'm trying to take a look at Bud Dupree as mm-hmm. a hip injury, former uh, Pittsburgh Steeler, right? Yes. So. He was a DMP both days. I think he's pretty old, isn't he? Yeah, but, yeah. Definitely, he's been around for a few years now. Yeah, I say. so that might just be pseudo vet rest. Twenty nine. So I could imagine he'd probably be just be resting. There's no really news things on uh, him when he searches name. So <laughs> this will be just fine. Um, trying to see if there's anybody else. Randy Bullock, their kicker, has a right calf injury. DMP both days, so wonder if he plays. And then uh, Kristen Fulton, one of their starting cornerbacks, hamstring injury, full participant in practice. So we'll see how it uh, how it goes for the Titans. But let's get into offense, defense, and just general the importance of this game. Packers sit at four and six going into. A tough game against the Eagles next week again, like like in Philadelphia. I think the difference between going to that game at five and six and four and seven in the current playoff race is monumental. Like big, big difference in vibes and general attitude towards making this run that they need to make if they win versus if they lose. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, this is the problem with having slid as long as they did. Uh Um, Granted, as we talked about at the time, a lot of those teams that they played, the Packers played against during the losing streak, turned out to be a lot better than we ever thought. Giants, Jets, Commanders now, they're right ahead of the Packers, and that tiebreaker is going to really hurt them. Uh (laughs) Um. And then you just look at the schedule after this game. I mean, as you said, Eagles, Bears are up right after that. Rams, obviously struggling. Cooper Cup just got put on IR, too. Dolphins have been surging. Vikings just beat the Bills and, you know, tied for the best record in the NFL. Lions after that to close out the year. So, like, again, margin for error is not great, not high. Um, All it does, all it takes is losing games that you kind of have an even shot to win like this one Uh um even or greater um because i'm looking at that eagles game i'm looking i'm definitely looking at that dolphins game that is going to be really really tough now um because they're everything's starting to kind of roll for them too yep they're healthy Um, they're healthy and they i mean that's where as much as we were talking about Stoke struggling this year, when you're down a quarterback, cornerback that's pretty good, and you have to go against a receiving core like that, Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, <laughs> and even like Sherfield has been pretty good. Gasecki yeah. is a good tight. Like they got weapons. That they is weapons. that'll be a pro, uh, the Christmas preview. <laughs> but <Woo! laughs> yeah. buckle up, people. Um, but yeah, I mean this it place it's a greater amount of pressure but put on this game now even after you yep. you broke the skin you're at home again you could kind of get something going this week too playing as early as you you do you get some time to kind of rest up and 
as we just talked about with the injury report, there's so many guys banged up or limited or they're managing their workload and all that stuff. Having that extra day or days, even after playing a game, that's going to be hard fought for against a Titans team. That's always tough. Like I do think that'll help them. It's just a matter of just getting the job done. Right. Absolutely. Like Titans are a six and three football team. They're they've had a good, good season so far before we get too far off of it, talking about the skin. And you said, a lot of these teams are better than we anticipated. Um, the Packers have had the first, fifth hardest schedule this year, which is like incredible thinking about like that run we had to start the season. Like a lot of those teams are better than what we thought they were. Um, I think, yeah, looking at this this rank through week ten, which is like obviously how you can <laughs> how you look at it. Uh, the only teams with the hardest schedule are the Giants, the Colts, the Bears, and the Patriots. All teams. Wow. Like the Giants have the hardest schedule and still That's sit. That's crazy. Yeah. I guess because the NFC East too has been so it's good. It's been so good for the Giants. That's, yeah. But then the Colts have had a hard schedule. Like the Bears are a game worse than us and they've had a very hard schedule. And then the Patriots are hanging in there at fourth place in the top division over there. But yeah. like going in as a one seed and getting the schedule as a one seed in your division like the Packers did from last year. We knew we'd have a like a, a harder schedule, but we haven't even faced those harder scheduled games yet. <laughs> yes. And of all those teams that you mentioned, including the Packers, everything in the NFL this year, a lot of the there's a lot of divisions that you can't even I mean Who's winning the NFC South right now? It's the Panthers. The uh, Panthers? I think the the Buccaneers have camp have are now. Yeah, I think the Buccaneers with their win against um, the Seahawks went back in the first. Yeah, I'll check and that the NFC West too. Like the Seahawks are leading that division still, and no one anticipated that, but it's very thin. Like everything's very jumbled. But then you look at the NFC East and then the NFC North, where yeah, yeah three crappy teams, Packers included. Right. And the eight and one Vikings. Yeah. You know. So it's just very those are the two divisions this year that are just seemingly just kind of by far and away either everybody's really good or three teams kind of stink or do stink. And there's one just team running away with it. Which used <laughs> to be the Packers, but now it's the Vikings this year. Right. And even then I'm looking at uh this is from last week so it's not updated past this game but of before the the cowboys game the packers had the sixth hardest remaining strength of schedule it looks like so that lines up yeah it's <laughs> it's yeah. tough so it'll, if if they go on one with this run they need to start winning like they need to continue winning this week and keep going through the rest of the season because they can't really afford to lose that many more games because as we mentioned the standings are tough and we don't have the the tiebreakers that we really that would benefit us like we are sitting at the ninth in the uh the playoff race right now and ahead of us is the commanders at five and five and the giants at seven and two we have like the giants are the fifth seed we don't have the tiebreaker over them it's if if it, the trend continues, if the trend continues, it won't matter anyways. But yeah. then we have it over the Cowboys, which is important. They're in the sixth seed, and the Niners are in the seventh seed. We don't face the Niners, so we don't have a chance to get tiebreaker over them head to head. But 
we don't have the and then an eighth is the commander's loss to them don't have it over them so yeah it'll be tough that's so, part of the problem that's part you of the problem take, they gotta, gotta take care of business against those teams exactly so they gotta take care of business against the, the tougher teams which starts this week with with tennessee being six and three so um let's leaders that's right let's start we're gonna start with the offense or the defense I'll, I'll leave it up to you let's go offense okay um yeah there's a fascinating thing okay <laughs> going you, on here okay i think obviously we're looking for the offense to keep clicking with their success they had against the cowboys on sunday utilizing Christian Watson down the field and getting the run game going early. But uh, as you and I talked pre-pod, Titans are pretty good at run defense. Is there, it's like you get a little tidbit you were teasing there. Is there something you want to tell the audience? <laughs> yeah, let's get, let's get right into it. Um, they allow the second fewest rushing yards in the NFL. Um, that's not great. For not Packers. great for how the game plan shook out for the Cowboys no. game. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, it's going to be really tough. I mean, this is kind of just Tennessee's M.O. Um, in general. They have had really good defenses under Mike Vrabel. And it's carried them to um, playoffs, what, two out of the last three years? I think last year they missed out. Um. um Nope, they they were in the playoffs last year. They lost in the divisional round to the Bengals. Did they win the division? Yep. They had to have. Yep. Right? Yep. Yeah. In part because again, all those teams are not great. Yeah, uh, they every since twenty nineteen they've made the uh the playoffs. The yes. twenty nineteen season was when they went to the That's championship. To the, yes. By the yes. Kansas City and lost. But yeah, yeah, they, they lost is... first round. Or, I'm sorry, they lost in the wild card in 2020, the COVID season, and then they had a bye last year and, and lost oh, in the divisional yeah. round. They, they were the, the one seed. seed. That's right. Yep. I forgot about that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Why did I think they missed? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of did because they squandered. They, they were the Titans, the Packers were the same last year. Yeah. They're the same well, thing. Well, that is my overall point. You just walked into oh, right now. Oh, the, look at me walking into points. The Titans are were kind of the analog that I had with this Packers team going into it. Going into the season? You, yes. You looked at, oh, this is a really stacked defense. It's really good across the line. It's Devondre Campbell. They brought back Quay Walker. Looks like a good, you know, blue chip or first round guy that could, you know, slot in and give a little bit more of an, an edge um, within the middle of the field. Secondary, pretty good. They got stability all across the all across the board so that was i kept looking at like the defense is there certainly the run game is there yep they don't have someone as great as, and prolific as derrick henry even though aaron jones is pretty close i think they're the same the wouldn't get out of their way <laughs> i think they're the same but do different things they both have the same yes. level of impact on the game yeah it takes it's uh it's a one-man show versus a committee bouncing right. off Right, Packers wouldn't get out of Aaron Jones' way, or vice versa, whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I just kind of like this. That is the model, and plus Lafleur came from Tennessee before yep. he got hired from uh, by Green Bay. Yep, I just felt like that was 
That is what you're shooting for. And you got a pretty good quarterback that isn't Brian Tannehill. Right. Because <laughs> that that's the other thing is um we'll get into that later. But yeah, I just felt like that if you wanted to look at a team that the Packers could have followed and you know this new identity post Devontae. Tennessee's kind of it. That's what it is. It's not flashy at all. There's a little bit more right. of that with Aaron Jones and stuff like that. But like they play, they have a very specific way of playing. And it can be boring as hell, but it proven it's proven results. That's right. That's kind of where they're at. Yeah. Their their offense is really centered around Derrick Henry because Ryan Tannehill has proved to us for years that he really just can't make like the big throws that you'd expect out of the elite level quarterback play in the NFL, particularly because they traded AJ Brown. Like that was a decision, like another way the Packers sort of mirrored the Titans. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've, they've been hampered at the wide receiver position this year, but they've still led to a six and three record. Like it's, you got to give them credit where credit's due, albeit they haven't had the hardest schedule so far. Like, they've beat... They lost to the Giants, lost to the Bills, so the two teams that are pretty darn good so far, they've lost to at the start of the season, and they won on a five-game winning streak against the Raiders, the Colts, the Commanders, the Colts, the Texans, then lost to the Chiefs, and then beat the Broncos. Like, they just haven't really faced that level of talent and beat the level of talent that you'd expect them to do as a uh, division leader. So I think this will be a good test to see where Green Bay falls in that realm of their opponents. Will they be the list of bad teams that the Titans have beat all year? Or will they be under the list of good teams that the Titans have lost to all year? Yeah. So, um, yeah, the receiving core, as I mentioned, has been sort of uh, decimated, I'll say. Not living up to expectations is another way to say it. Um, their leading receiver this year is Robert Woods, who was in uh, L.A. last year. He hasn't really panned out the way you'd like to see him pan out for what they, I think they signed him for. Only one touchdown, um, 266 yards uh, through nine games. He has started seven of them. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. But then their uh, second most receiving yardage receiver is uh, Nick Westbrook-Akine. He has two touchdowns and 257 yards in the same amount of games and starts as uh, Robert Woods. So it's just like not too great for them. Their their rookie, Traylon Burks, who I really liked in the draft, um, just came back last week. I think they put him on IR, if I'm not mistaken. He was out for four games. Um, 153 yards, so he's getting that level of production sort of similar to Woods and Akine. But they just need to start staying healthy and hopefully that they're, they're hoping that Tanhill can make these throws and make their offense a little more balanced. But like the the, the focus of their offense is Derrick Henry, who like I think is one of the slowest looking runners in the NFL. Like he's so big, like he is an absolute unit of a man. My one of my favorite pictures is him and Mark Ingram standing next to each other, and Mark Ingram's like looking up at him like he's like a giant. 6'3", 250 pounds. Jeez Louise, man. Team tackling this week is going to be a theme for the Packers. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, he, he's got a, almost 1,000 yards rushing already. He's at 923. 
he is yeah it is honestly it's incredible yeah like because it's it's not even i don't even know i can't even think of like marshawn lynch is is probably the last of the very like stocky built guy who ran with power right that just chewed up yards and did it for such a long time. I mean, he played, he did two comebacks with the Raiders, and I was like, yeah, he kind of could play stuff. Like it, wasn't <laughs> that, like, it wasn't crazy. Right. But Derrick Henry is just another level of, like, athlete. Right. And I think he's, what, a couple of weeks ago, he passed Eddie George as the Titans franchise rushing leader, which... Didn't know that. Eddie George played for a long time. Played and for a long went time. Went over 10,000 yards, too. So like, right. That's um, not nothing. No, it's not nothing at all. Let's get back to the Packers offense. We'll talk more of Titans offense in a bit. We talk about the Packers defense. Packers offense, as you were saying, coming into this year, was similar to the Titans team last year. And like, really a run-first offense, and it's going to be difficult for them this week if they, that Titans run defense is going to be as staunch as it is, has been all year. So, I really hope they stick with it. Like, you only get so many drives in a game, which is like why it's hard to stick with it if it's not working. But I'd like to see them at least sustain one or two drives at the beginning of this of the um beginning of the game with the run game. Like kinda attack at the sim this attacking in a similar way of which they started the Cowboys game. Yes. Obviously that's two ends of the spectrum of Cowboys run defense versus Titan runs Titans run defense. But I wanna see that level of commitment to it just to make sure we're not certain it's not working. Don't be afraid to do it because they're so good. Be proven you can't do it before you guys start going away from it. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a matter of just sticking the game plan. That That is part of why I, I have this nagging feeling that they, whenever they go up against a team that has like-minded principles or a team that LeFleur has come from, whether it's been Tennessee or the San Francisco games, Weirdly enough, he hasn't had this problem against Sean McVay because they've done well against the Rams. Right. But they just always kind of zag when they should just keep zigging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, no, I agree with you. And that's where it's like you can almost outsmart yourself of like just you can respect the talent that they have. You can respect the way that they probably know how the Packers are going to play because it's, again, very similar to how they are. Um. Just go with it. Like, if it doesn't work, you can find other ways to do it. But if you're not giving your cha- if you're not giving yourself the chance to see if it's going to work or have the occasional explosive play break out, because it's not like as we'll get into, it's not like the Titans offense is going to be explosive enough that it's going to like you're down fourteen nothing, right? Or it's going to be things happen where stuff like that could come about, but like. Just give yourself the chance to establish the way you want to play and don't, don't, I guess, reinvent the wheel, for lack of a better way of saying it. Right. I was just thinking, I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, a big play on a flea flicker this week. Because, like, they're going to be selling out to stop Derrick Henry because they need to with the run defense that they have. That I could, I wouldn't be surprised that if the corners peek inside to go team tackle that if one of Traylon Burks, Robert Woods or Nick Westbrook or Kine 
just run that burns down the just field. burns and then they get a touchdown off of it. I think that would be a smart play from the Titans. And that makes, makes me scared. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But yeah, just sort of like we had talked about sticking to the run and then going other ways. The, the Titans pass defense is like okay, like they have like they're, they've been known for their defense over the years. But we attacked a really good Cowboys pass defense. Like I think we can attack this Titans defense too. Let's just use Christian Watson the same way we used him last week. It took it took us ten games to get there, but we but we got there. We started using him down the field and he made catches and he made touchdowns. Let's let's keep with that and get like the lot of the receivers involved. Keep getting Christian Watson involved. Keep like throwing to Lazard if you can catch it seventy five percent of the time. And now preferably. you get caught back too. And you get caught back too, hopefully. That this might start coming together as a cohesive offense to start clicking on all cylinders. I'm hesitant to hope for it because it's been one game and the Packers get up for the Cowboys. We'll see if they get up for the Titans. My hope is that LaFleur wants to beat his predecessor and not predecessor, his mentor in Mike Rabel and where he was before he came to Green Bay and that's what helps get the team sort of excited for this game and push them towards the sustainable or this, this winning streak. But um, I really hope that the, the game plan going in is run first then let Rodgers cook after uh, we get the run game going. Let's the passing game open up. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, don't overuse the passing game. Have it yep. be a safety valve. Cobb, yep. I think if he is close to 100%, I think he's going to really help in that regard because big slot receiver. Not big slot not, receiver. Not big, big and roll. Yeah. Big and roll. Yeah. And mentioned it before, Titans secondary definitely banged up. Yep. Um, that is where I I just don't want them to upset or flip the order of how they should be operating as an offense because right. they don't they it's very obvious that they can start to create more explosive plays with the passing game if Christian Watson does anything close to not close to, but if he does the same things where he's getting separation, he's wide open. He's giving that kind of downfield threat that they needed to start to open up things offensively where, as we're talking about, like the Packers coaching staff to not outsmart themselves. Tennessee is going to go into this where, okay, it's maybe we're not going to have an eight man box all the time, especially if it's, you know, Aaron Jones out there, or if, you know, even with AJ Dillon, they're they they have the, a very powerful running back in their own roster that they can kind of look at like, okay, this is how we would operate with if we're looking at a AJ Dillon in the backfield, like everybody right. else looks at Derrick Henry. So right. yeah, I think that's where it's like keep it. Don't get too crazy with the passing game because I think if if things are the balance of how they do it gets so out of whack as we saw during the losing streak. Like it's going to be a lot of missed opportunities, missed chances, all that stuff. Right. And I think that they're, they could fall into the trap because looking at the stats, the, the Titans have allowed the fourth most um, passing yards this season on the second most attempts, like face attempts. Uh, they, they've allowed 2,453 yards. So 
like I could definitely see Rodgers and the floor coming into this game, licking their chops and salivating over the idea of throwing the ball right away and throwing the ball, throwing the ball, throwing the ball. I just don't think it's smart. I just don't think it's smart to not utilize Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon to the best of their ability. Also, with the so- run game, and it's like look at what they did versus like the the Cowboys. Like that is, it worked so well when Rodgers didn't have to throw for forty times a game. Like let him throw twenty times a game and make the throws that he's throwing important and easy. Like yes. for what it's worth, two of the three touchdowns that Watson had were easy throws. Like yes. the second one, which is a slant across the middle, like a post route across the middle, that's a pitch and catch. And then the third one that was like the I think it was seven, ten yards or something like that. It wasn't too far, just a slant across the middle from the other side. Nice pitch, easy pitch and catch. It wasn't that difficult of a throw for Rodgers to make as opposed to the first one where it was a bomb down the field where he hasn't been throwing that well this season was a tough throw tough catch and it turned out well like let's make those easy throws easy for Rodgers and have success that way versus trying bomb after bomb after bomb because they can't get anything going on offense yeah yeah I mean I was just looking at too you mentioned Tennessee uh was was the stat there they have the Fourth most um, receiving yards allowed at twenty four fifty three, and then they've um, faced the second most attempts at three sixty five, and they've only played nine games versus ten. I was gonna, also, and you look at the top ten of those teams that th- have thrown the most, been thrown oh, at the four. most, throw just thrown pass the offense. Oh, okay, Colts fourth, Chiefs fifth. Um, they haven't played the Vikings yet. Commanders eighth, Jaguars ninth, tenth, Bills. So they, they teams, face right teams that have one talented wide receiver core, um, two uh, really good quarterbacks, um, in Mahomes and Josh Allen's case, and Taylor Heineke. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, three uh, could just be. I mean, in the Colts case too, like they they've been down a lot this year, right. <laughs> so they're trying to win games by passing. Yep. So yeah, like it's all very game dependent, situation dependent. I don't want the Packers to look at that like, yeah, we can throw all over them. It's like, right? No, no. The teams you that have... can on some plays, right? But not all the time, right? I think it'd be better just for them to try to have the balance offense they had last week. And see where it gets them through the first quarter, quarter and a half. Yeah. I should say through the first three drives. Because if they get into a place, which is like the worst case scenario for any game for this Packers team this season, to where they go three and out or have like a shortened drive. Like a scripted plays. Right. But then they allow a really long drive, followed up by another short drive, followed up by another really long drive by the opposing team. By that time, it's almost second, like halfway through second quarter. If they're that long of drives, that's really where you start to get into trouble, where you just can't even get off 20, 20 offensive plays. So, um, yeah, the first and second drive of the game is critically where I think this Packers offense gets its energy and where it gets going from. If they can have success in the first and second drive, I think they have success throughout the game. I'm hoping this iteration of the Packers, obviously the first half of the season, that wasn't the case because it always fell off in the second quarter. But 
last week we saw the same thing. They had success on the first drive, had success on the second drive, then the offense went from there. Talk defense a little? Let's do it. Uh, as we were talking about earlier, just throw, we went in between both a little bit earlier. Uh, team tackling is going to be huge this week. Derrick Henry is a man to take down, and the Packers run defense is not good. Like, Tony Pollard went off for over 100 yards, I'm pretty sure, last week, if I'm not mistaken. If I... Yes. So, uh, we just got to make sure, yeah, 115 yards. So, like, Tony Pollard's no slouch for sure, but he's still the backup to Zeke Elliott. Like, I, I don't, like, Derrick Henry might just run over this team every every play, but team tackling is going to be huge because I don't think they have a good enough tackler to take down Derrick Henry with consistency every single uh, game, every single play, essentially. No. <laughs> no, they don't. No, they don't. This is, this is where, like, if Chris Barnes can play, just having a body in right. the middle of the field, that just helps. Right. Um, I've liked what we saw from McDuffie so far. Me too. Um, Me too. But this is a challenge. This is a challenge for a lot of a lot of people on that front seven. So, yeah. I mean, how, how much can you limit Derrick Henry and prevent huge chunk running plays? Because the other, that's the other thing. Like Titans, this is going to be a very fast game. You I think, think so? I think so. Because mm, the clock is going to be burning a lot. Yeah. I don't really. The Titans know how they want to play. They're going to feed Derrick Henry twenty-five to thirty times. Right. Um, he very well just could run over everybody on Lambeau Field. Yeah. Even the fans. <laughs> Even just the fans keep running yeah. into the, into the stadium. There. Right. Watch out. He's not necessarily leaping. He's he's rampaging through <laughs> the 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 wall that is getting dedicated with Leroy Butler's statue or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I I just think they I I don't know. It it could be really just like I don't want to be like frustrated by when I'm seeing guys miss tackles because it's like on one hand it's Derrick Henry. Yep. But like I am definitely expecting just like sun whiffs. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, I think. Um was taking a look at all the Packers games this year. Uh they have not had a game where they've held a rushing a team under hundred yards rushing besides the uh the Buccaneers game when Leonard Fournette had like thirty four rushing yards. Otherwise, they've allowed like a significant amount more than 100 rushing yards every game. Yeah, Riggs 26 right now. Yeah. And those like, are numbers that would explain why they're 26. Yeah, like it's, <laughs> it's, it's bad. So it'll be very important for the, uh, for the Packers to hold their Henry in check. Like, I'd rather lose to Tannehill and their passing offense than oh, than just to get run times. run over by uh Derrick Henry all game long. Yes. Um. But yeah, putting I think Jair on, he'll probably play the second receiver again because he's been doing that more often, which will probably probably be Traylon Burks or Robert Woods, depending on how the Titans see it or how the Packers see it. And then let Darnell Savage cook in the slot again, like. 
they need to keep with that. <laughs> that's also that's gonna be another thing too. Um, I feel like the Packers are just not good with guys like a, a Burks type guy, right? Who lines up in the slot but doesn't necessarily do slot things. He's kind of like this gadget guy, but super sized gadget guy. Yep. You know, like he can do so many different things. You just hand him the ball, jet sweep, in motion, all that stuff that kind of bends your defense in a different way than you're anticipating. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's another way where it's just the ground game is going to be a different dimension that they haven't really faced this year in that sense and mirrors what they have done at times this year to try to get their offense going. Right. Um, but it's different when it's Derrick Henry and even a guy like Traylon Burks, who's a pretty sturdy dude that is going to be tough to get down to. Yep. Absolutely. So, yeah, I was imp- like I say impressed. I was happy with Darnell Savage and how he played in the slot. So just Rudy Ford deserves to play. He got two cheeses this week. Can let him keep cooking. And so, yeah, we'll see how how it fares out. I think it's gonna be a good game. I really do. Same. Um, Thursday night games have not been uh, great this year. No, I think this will be a better game than it should be. Plus, they're wearing the color rush, the all whites. Ooh, those look nice. Oh, what's that face for? No, you don't like those? I don't mind them, but there's something missing. To Color? Me. Is that why you don't like them? <laughs> I should also say I'm colorblind, so no, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, that would be a terrible way to reveal my... I would say. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just something missing with it. I don't yeah, know they're why. all white. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alas, should we jump into players to watch and uh, score predictions? Yes, I believe I went first. No, you went first last week for players to watch because you had you said Aaron Rodgers. So I'll go this week. Yes, yeah. Um, that's a good question. You know what? I'm gonna Christian Watson. Don't repeat the performance because that's hard to do. Let's see the same type of performance, like same type of um, energy per se, same type of um, mindset from the Packers and the same type of mindset he has coming off of a great week to catch the ball downfield and progress more and build off of his performance um, from, against the Cowboys. Can I pick a non-Packers player? Yeah, I don't say why not. I think it's Derrick Henry. Fair enough. I I think he's that much of a threat that I everything is going to be based on how much they can limit him from gaining 200 yards. Yeah, that'll be a tough one. What's the single game record? I think that's on, on the table here. It could be on the table. I think it's uh, upwards of 300 or like high 200s. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. If I had a Packers answer, I'll go with the Packers answer. Um, let's Adrian Peterson 296. 296? Yeah. That was his like that was against the Chargers. Hu- no, it was against the Chargers. That was this huge oh. game against the Chargers. They had, this had the anniversary a couple of days ago. Um fair to watch. I would like to go Chris Watson. You can go with Derek Henry. You don't gotta you don't gotta pick a Packers one. I'll go. I'll I'll do two answers. 
Okay. Henry obviously already gave it. Yep. Uh, Cobb. Ooh, if he plays. If he plays, I think he is going to be the biggest beneficiary. That's a big word. <laughs> to if Christian Watson can be on the field for, I think he played. I think the number was 81% of the snaps on Sunday. Yeah. If he plays to near that number, I think Randall Cobb can really feast on like all the underneath stuff that can kind of keep things going, keep the engine running offensively. Yep. Um, And yeah, again, Titans are susceptible in their past defense based on numbers, but also based on their secondary guys that they have to turn to. Right. Score predictions. I think that's be a tough one. I don't think I have one ready. I'm gonna, I'm gonna punt to you to kick us off our score predictions. I think there's gonna be a lot of punting in this game. You I think, think again, I think this is gonna be a fast game. I don't see a very high scoring either. Um, let's go 21-16. Packers or Titans? Yeah, look on your face. I know what that brain is turning on. Wow. Alrighty. You gotta show me. Come on. Two in a row. Let's see two in a row first. I don't know, man. They you you went back under their twenty-four like level of points scored. Which wouldn't track to how they've played against the Cowboys on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm going to go 27-24 Packers. Because I'm back on my bullshit. <laughs> I sip the Kool-Aid way more often than I should. That's so, the magic of a win, though. That's the magic of a win, dude. It is. <laughs> Four or five days ago, we were just like, they had no shot against the Cowboys. They yeah. They get slaughtered. Then look what happened. And then now it's like, Christian watches the real deal. <laughs> Give me 35-10. I, I know that was not your score prediction. Right. Yeah. No, I think we had it the opposite way. Yeah, <laughs> I was, think we had like yeah, 35. I, was like, I think I said 35-10 yeah. uh, Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> but already, folks. That wraps it up for us. A couple of promotions to get to. Big stuff happening uh, this week in the Eurostep Podcast Network universe. The GSPNU. <laughs> uh, Eurostep released on Monday. Uh, Ty Rohan talking about um, obviously the Bucks and just sort of where the team is, uh, is sitting at coming into this week. They talked a lot about uh, Jordan Wara talked a lot about uh, just sort of the reinforcements on the way with Chris Middleton, Pat Connaughton, hopefully Joel Ingles eventually, and just trying to get this team healthy as they continue their season. Um, Andrew Snyder and Adam McGee put out another Cruising for a Bruising podcast. I think that was uh, Monday uh, Monday morning. They went through and they have started their series on uh, grading out each of the positions or like sections of the of the team, pitchers, starting starting pitchers, relief pitchers, infield, outfield, all that kind of stuff. So that first episode was on the 
uh, the starting pitchers, and you need to tune in because it was fantastic, and that's all I'll say about it. Um, make time for this, like we said last time, uh, with the bear. Uh, Jordan and I went on with Adam to go do that. And then, if you're listening to this, um, like a loyal, diligent listener, uh, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, get in the Discord so you can click on the playback link to watch, uh, I believe it's Jordan, Rohan, Ty, and possibly Andrew go uh, commentate the Bucks Cavs uh, game t- Wednesday night on playback. Playbacks are so much fun. Um, you get to turn down uh, the Van Gundy brothers' voice, whichever one's commentating, and turn them down and turn the, the GSPN hosts up to hear their commentary and all of the laughs and gaffes that you can possibly imagine for a two-and-a-half-hour basketball game. They're a lot of fun. My favorite part of uh, of the network. So go to gspn.info to check out uh, the link to get into the Discord, and that link will be in there uh, in the playback channel. So, yeah, go check it out. A lot of great fun. And we will be back with you uh, Friday morning to talk the game. Thursday, uh, Thursday night, 7.20 on Amazon Prime. Sorry, folks, if you don't feed... Jeff Bezos here, hundred dollars a year, or I think it's more than that now. But go find a stream, go watch it, and then come listen to us uh, Friday morning. Jordan, buddy, thank you. Thank you. <laughs>